Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And Jay is live in person with his microphone on because <laughs> second week in a row, you forget second to turn your you forget yeah. to turn your microphone on. It helps. It helps to turn it on. If you don't hear yourself in the headphones, your microphone's not on. I know. <laughs> we started rather quickly tonight, though. We're three years into this podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it alarming happen. that you don't go through your checks before we hit record. <laughs> Look, it doesn't happen very often, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we jump into what are you watching this week, man? You're starting a new job, so congratulations! I'm just catching some. We don't. We're, we're not going to talk about ourselves so much like we did before. Right. But I, but I did. Catch wa- I up. did want to wait, and then. Um, but, but I think right now is fine to talk about Done it a deal. little bit. Yeah. Um, Ink's it's, dry. It's the ink is pretty much dry. Yeah. Jay has I now start- been promoted from prostitute to pimp. So uh, pretty much, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 pimp's payload. That's right. <laughs> no more taking the payloads, Jay. Yes. You're you're collecting them I'm from the collecting ladies. Them. <laughs> you don't have to carry around that that crusty towel that you use to wipe your face. Yes. <laughs> so look, this is a very much a bittersweet situation. I never wanted to per, per se leave where I'm at. I love what I do, but it is draining, and there is no financial rewards. <laughs> <laughs> and and I kind of plateaued where I'm at essentially. If I wanted to get a better position or a better pay grade or whatever it might be, I would have had to have gone back to school for a number of years and lost more money going to school and more time going back to school and it just wasn't worth it. And I got offered a great opportunity to be a salesman in technology. So like mostly like wireless uh, mobile devices, barcode scanners, things like that that companies need to help their company work more efficiently. So I am, be, I just find it hilarious that the guy that struggles to put together a well-constructed sentence me. will be selling. Little do they know. <laughs> Little do they know. I know. So I know the guy who offered me the job. He is one of the part owners of this small company, and we see each other once a week, or I'm sorry, once a year at the MS City Shore ride. And he knew that I was kind of financially destitute. It just hurting. Destitute. You know, I started working for Broken Goblet, destitute, uh, doing a you know bar backing gig there. And honestly, I'm going to continue doing that. I love it. It's fun. Um, it's a great one day a week kind of thing to just kind of clear my head and have a good time. $5 for an HJ, $10 for a BJ, $20 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If you got to ask, you can't afford it. But this is a a really interesting um, opportunity that I'm going to have. And for sure, it's right off the bat, almost doubling my salary right off the bat. Um, it's definitely going to be a challenge. It's definitely making my brain hurt already because I am, 
<laughs> really having to learn how to do kind of a whole bunch of different kind of computer things and um, learn about different kind of technology that I'm going to be selling to different businesses and hey stuff man, like that. Walnuts, but, they're brain food. Okay, yeah. it'll 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 increase your mental it's, capacity. It's one of those things where I'm not worried about it because they know it's going to take a little bit of time, and I'm just going to put all of myself into this. I have to. It's just one of those do or die situations. Like this is my a great opportunity for me and I have to take it and it's 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 exciting. So that's good man. New opportunities for you. Congratulations. Just wanted to catch some people up because I know we were talking about job opportunities for you a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, congratulations on the new job. Nothing's changed for me. Still just the daily grind. I am gearing up for our vacation down to Walt Disney World where oh, I will yeah. get to see Galaxy's Edge, Black Post Spire. I'm going to get to experience it all. I'm going to be building a lightsaber. I'm going to be building a droid. I'm going to be doing it all with my daughter. And, uh, Maybe now I'll be able to afford to go with yeah. you one day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what we're, I'm, I'm going to try to do my best to, to not be like one of those dads that has a video camera in his daughter's face all the time. Right. But I will definitely be documenting going into into galaxy's edge but i also really want to document the moment she realizes where we're going because it's it's still a secret she doesn't know where we're going she knows we're going to florida that's awesome she knows she's going to take her first plane ride but that's about all she knows right now uh, uh, but i'm assuming once we land there since we're doing the magic bus all the way back from the from orlando airport to walt disney world i'm assuming that when the when the bus pulls up and it and it has mickey mouse on the side of it and everything and as she starts driving in and there's just fucking mickey mouse all over the place she's going to pick up on it and if she doesn't it, it's probably because my daughter doesn't <laughs> she she's not always the most attentive child so uh, i'm hoping to to keep it a secret from her all the way until the moment when we're walking through the the front gate and she can see Cinderella's castle and I want to catch her her face when she sees it. I hope she can keep up her energy level throughout the whole day. I 100% guarantee you that she can. <laughs> All right, Jay, that's enough about me and you. Let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, man, what'd you get down to watching this week? Did you watch anything interesting? Anything you'd like to share with people? I got quite a few things, so. Okay, no, just a couple things for me. The End of the Fucking World, Season 2. This was a surprise little gem that was never expected to have a sequel or, or a Season 2. It was a one-off, I think, series. It was a quirky, very dark comedy um, with, like, you know, some British teenagers. And this follow-up is just as delightful if not so strong as the first season however the second season was very charming very delightful still in the same vein and zeitgeist of the first season and it's a good time it's not for everybody like i said it's a very dark and dour uh dark comedy but it's a quick breezy 30 minute eight episode series so Give it a try. All right. I also watched a Netflix series. I watched Daybreakers or Daybreak. That's the one where yep. the, the kid, is, it's basically Ferris Bueller. And trust me, they play a ton of homage to Ferris Bueller in it. It's basically Ferris Bueller in the apocalypse. It's a kid. He's talking to the camera. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's showing you how he survived the apocalypse. He's, he's navigating this, this, this world of high school post apocalypse. Um, it's, look, it's fun. 
Uh, it's it's n- nothing that that's groundbreaking, but it's 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 a ton of fun. And I picture it like this is a show that that would they would they would put on the CW, but they've amped it up. It's like CW show with balls because they say they say fucking shit and whatnot a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean it it is it is quirky. It is fun. I binged all ten episodes in in one day. They're not all an hour long. They're in like the 40, 40 minute range, just like a you know a, an hour long TV show without the commercials. Uh, and you know if if stuff like this if quirky post-apocalyptic or quirky like horror interests you i i I encourage people to to give it a try i also did quite a few rewatches jay so i've never seen i've been talking to our to our good friend mark who who uh does our movie cocktails with us and uh cult Cult movie and he's the host of cult movie cult he's doing his uh his flash in the pan one hit wonder director series right now and i reached out to him and i was like oh man would toby hooper be considered like a one hit wonder and he he fired back with like no no he wouldn't he wouldn't be he would not be considered a Hmm. uh a one-hit wonder because he had some hits with later on in his career too later on in the 80s so uh but that got me he, he started talking about uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 with dennis hopper and i had never seen that i i hadn't seen it but it is streaming right now i believe on on amazon prime so i still haven't checked it out because before i watch it i wanted to ensure that i watched the original texas chainsaw massacre from 1974 first so i gave that a, a rewatch jay and I, i'm not sure if that's a horror movie you've seen the original one no nah. but it's definitely one that i think we should put on your movie homework list you think okay. for sure yeah if you watch all right, I'll, I'll say this if you watch that i will watch the robert pattinson film that's on um that's that, that's on amazon prime that you've been after me to, to watch really i will watch all right so 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 here's here's my proposition jay if you watch texas chainsaw massacre 1974 toby hooper directed one i will watch good time the Robert Pattinson film that you've been just aching to get me to watch. Okay. And uh, we will we will do a movie homework at some point where we've both assigned each other. If you movies. think this is actually homework worthy, then I will do it. Uh, for you know, you know, I like to give you I like to give you classic horror. But this is something like that. that I would I'm not I'm not fighting you on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like to give you cult films because I feel like right. you, you you missed out on I've it. I've heard a lot of good things about this. Exactly. One. So so I, I'm going to 74, right? 1974. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm encouraging you to watch that. I believe I believe it is streaming somewhere at some time. <laughs> I just don't I don't really quite remember where. Other than that, uh, the other rewatches I did, Jay, was I watched Overlord. Again, which is streaming on Hulu, and I just got reminded why I, that made my top five list last year because it is so perfect, you know, comedy, so perfect, just blood, gore, but also a really good story. Like you like seeing something different in 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 that type of genre. Like it should it 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 looks like Saving Private Ryan, but it feels like Dawn of the Dead. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it, I like that. And I rewatched Brightburn from, from last year uh, as well. Because yes. uh, I saw it, I've seen it once, and I remember really enjoying it. I remember being like... You were very surprised. I, yeah, I was surprised at, yeah. at how... I was expecting I was expecting that movie to be fun, serviceable movie, and I think it, it tried to do a little bit more. Uh, it, it took some extra steps to to do more, and I really, I really enjoyed it. The second time around knowing what 
to expect. I think I'm more focused on on more nuance within the film, and I really, I, I, I still, I still really enjoyed it. I, I can't recommend it enough. If you didn't check out *Brightburn* from last year, give it a shot. And also, really quick, the uh, *Texas Chainsaw Massacre* is on Netflix and Tubi. So, so there you go. So it's, you got you got both. Yeah, so both worlds. You watch that. Uh, I, I'll watch. I'll, I'll watch a good you. time. And uh, Jay, what else did you get down to watching this week? Uh, just a Mandalorian, and and then also a couple other films that we will be talking about a little later. Yeah, so we're gonna do our Mandalorian review. That that's gonna be a separate episode. We're gonna couple our Mandalorian review yep. with our review for the Korean thriller. I guess you could say mm-hmm. psychological thriller. I would say uh, so. Paras- or thriller, whatever you want to say. I don't know. Parasite. Yeah. Parasite. Dude, Parasite. One of was... the best movies of the year so far. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't want to bury the lead for your review. So in the episode that was released just before this, uh, you could if you have haven't checked it out you can go back and check out me and jay's thoughts on mandalorian season one episode one we're not going to do reviews for every single episode but we after this we'll probably just do a season right review exactly but we we definitely want to discuss what we saw out the gate and and see if it's something that's going to keep us interested so jay with what we've been watching out of the way with our recommendations to for everyone to watch let's get into this week's news First news story right out of the gate, Jay. We're recording this on the day that Disney Plus launched. Now, I was up last night when the app became available, and I downloaded it for my TV, and I was like, oh, that's good enough. I'll import my my account information tomorrow morning. So I wake up. I go to put in my account information. Oops. We're sorry. We're having a little bit of trouble with the connection right now, and it's got... It's got Wally floating out in space, like, I know. and I was like, ah. Uh. So I was like, all right, well, let me try it on my phone. I, I, I try, I find the, I find the app, I download it. Oops, sorry, I'm having a little bit of problems with our connection right now. And I get Wreck It Ralph just shrugging his shoulders, and I was like, I get it. That's You're, what I had. I get it. You broke, you broke the internet, you motherfucker. I get it. Okay. And then we tried it on the Fire Stick, and oops, we're sorry, I'm having a little bit of trouble with our connection right now. And I was like, you like uh, we we did the pre-order of three years ahead of time so, so did i so so we get three years of it now uh and for i would say the first 12 hours of this app's life it was impossible to to download now i did speak to some people who had zero problems at all our tv is an lg tv uh so it runs on the google store our phones are iphones and obviously the fire stick so but i talked to a few other people who had no problems they actually watched the mandalorian last night their 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 app provider put the app out early and they were and they already watched the mandalorian so wow. uh, on the website they had a countdown to when it was going to be available but apparently some people released the app early so the news story is Jay, Disney Plus launches, but not without a few hiccups and bugs to go and along that was, with that it. Was, that was all over the headlines today. And it's understandable, right? I mean, what do you expect? I mean, I, I'm not surprised that they had some for, hiccups. For, for me, personally, like I had to refresh uh, two or three times certain pages and stuff like that because it was not working for me as well. But I watched it through my phone and it was perfectly fine. I haven't tried it uh, linked up with my TV yet. So for someone that that 
you know, lives in the multimedia world that we live in today. I play a lot of video games. I am familiar with day one, you know, game breaking bugs in things, right? So like I've downloaded games before that were just fucking broken out the gate and had to wait 24 hours for a patch to come in. And I think that's exactly what happened to our TV because it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And then I went to try it one more time before I left to go to work. And it's like, would you like to install this update? And it took uh, probably about 10 minutes to install all the update and i was like oh this is a massive update so i i think that's and then it worked fine after that wow so but for everything else we were still having problems it wasn't working on the phones and it wasn't working there but so disney plus launches without you know with with, with a few hiccups but ultimately i scrolled through the content now and um Something I didn't get into in uh, in what are you watching? I watched the, the one thing I watched other than the Mandalorian. I've only gotten to watch two things now. Was I watched the world according to Jeff Goldblum? Uh, now, now, eventually, you do plan to have dinosaurs on your on your dinosaur tour, right? Hello, oh, hello, yes. I really hate that man. That is. Fuck me. Yeah. How have I not seen that yet? Oh, you didn't know? That's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I knew, I, I didn't know it was out yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, first episode's out. It's all about oh. sneakers. And I got to say, like, is it, is it interesting? It, you know, it's if not, you're a big fan of Jeff right. Goldblum, it's, that's it. That's he doesn't it. dive too deep into any of the topics that he's researching, so it's it's not for any any type of deep dive. He's just a silly fanboy but kind of thing, he's, you know. He's just so Off fucking script. charming, yeah. so fun. I imagine that when you are 60 years old, like he is, Jay, like you are very much going to be Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that's a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> not a problem. I don't care. All right, I'll, I'll be that creepy guy. Let's get into our next <laughs> news story. All right, Jay, Kevin Feige has become quite candid in a lot of his interviews of late. So when he was speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, he kind of gave a little bit of, of a tease for what his Star Wars films are going to be about. Now, when they say a little bit of a tease... Look, he didn't give away pretty much anything. He says he wants to explore corners, places, and people that have previously never been explored in the Star Wars universe before. And that's where he plans to take his Star Wars series. Um, now, that that to me sounds like a whole bunch of Hollywood fluff. But um, previously, when asked about it, he has been, mom, he said nothing about it. You know, he's right. only focused on, on what he's been doing with the MCU. Now, we did talk last week about... Benioff and Weiss leaving Star Wars, but the announcement of Kevin Feige coming into Star Wars happened before their official exit, and they talked about creative differences. What I was wondering was, was he brought in to oversee them? Uh, that's a strong possibility. And they butted heads. We know that people have butted heads. Or with, they just didn't want somebody like that in general right. anyway. We, we know that Feige and, and Kathleen Kennedy both have butted heads with creators yeah. in the past. So I, I was wondering that when I was like, it's kind of weird that like a couple weeks before Benioff and Weiss, Weiss leave. They, well, they never had anybody above them telling them what to do. Yeah. and I, For that, years. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if this is the same project. Yeah. But now Kevin Feige's just taking I would not be surprised. Yeah. That's, that's, at all and it I, makes so much sense yeah and now, now suddenly you have another creative another creative voice in their in their meetings and they're not having it so i, I was just just something else i was wondering but uh so i don't know there, there's not a whole lot of news on when uh any of kevin foggy's star wars movies will be coming out but a lot of rumors are pointing for like 2022 time range 2023 even because they did mention they were going to take some time nine next news story 
All right, Jay, more Kevin Feige news. As I said, he's he's been quite candid lately. Also, while talking with The Hollywood Reporter, uh, he kind of just opened up and mentioned that it, 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 it's not his fault that the MCU has not included more diversity in its cast prior to this past phase. Real, The real reason that a lot of diversity was shut down early on was because of Ike Perlmutter, who is now no longer uh, affiliated with the Walt Disney Company, but he was the overseer of MCU and Kevin Feige's direct boss. So Kevin Feige basically just pushed all the blame and said, like, you remember when you weren't seeing black characters? Remember when you weren't seeing female characters yeah. in positive roles? It's all like Ike Perlmutter's fault. Wow. Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's I, bold. I guess what that's that bold. means is Foggy just pulled his dick out of his pants, slapped it on the table, and went, I mean more than well, you he do has now, the, Mike. I think he has the second biggest dick in Hollywood right now. <laughs> as far as money wise goes. Yeah. Uh, but, well, power. But, but, but that's what I'm saying. Now that, now that Foggy is, is above that, is above him. He now gets to just say whatever he wants, air it all out. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. So he just he just good on him. Slapped it right down on the table and just went. Ain't much you could do about it, Ike. <laughs> <laughs> Next news story. Also in MCU news, Jay Chris Evans said that it's going to take a lot for him to come back to the MCU. He was on GQ. I like the quote. Being, I like the quote. Yeah, he was being interviewed by Scarlett Johansson. So ju- just to paraphrase, you know, when asked about his return, Chris Evans was like, it's it's not a hard no, but it's not an easy yes either, right? So like he's not he's not chomping in the bit. He's not eager. I think he's tired, man. Like I you know, Pat- it's, it's too new to ask that question. It know? really is. Um I think it hasn't even been a year since the movie came out. I think you need to see how things like knives out do and other in other movies that right. star him that come and you know that I, I think you need to see how well, i'm hearing nothing but good things about it. knives out so i'm Same looking here. forward to that i look forward to that as well can't wait for us to do a review for it but um you know do i want to see chris evans return sure what i would really honestly like is more like cameo roles because i like the idea of allowing sam and, he and can be a yeah, cameo i like the idea of, of sam and the winter soldier like of going course. off doing their thing, growing as characters, and then occasionally getting <laughs> getting a surprise, a, getting a speech from from old man Papa yeah. Steve. You know, he just shows up and he's just like, "You want to tell me about her now?" No, <laughs> no, I'm, st- I'm still good. <laughs> I could carry the shield. Oh, that's fucking heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Cap says fuck now. Next news story. So uh, another thing Kevin Feige has gone on to confirm, Jay, in all of his candid interviews. Uh, Look, is, he's got a new position now. He, he has, has to start speaking up a little bit more. He say whatever he wants now. Right, so, well, that too. And he's excited to reveal these things because it's a whole new change for the MCU. They are now going more TV-based, and they're going to be expanding their universe You know, in a, in a in a small realm before building back up into the movies. Uh, But he did mention that all of the characters that are going to get their own TV shows on Disney plus. So she Hulk, Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight they're they are up for roles in movies as well. Their contracts do include movie roles as well. So no more of the Netflix problem where we're all waiting for Daredevil and Luke Cage to show up. We all just want a little hint of their existence in the MCU movie in the MCU movies. You don't have to worry about that this time around. If they want to use She-Hulk, the contract is there for that character 
to go over and and be part of it. So my guess is they're locking all of these actors down to multiple contracts for TV seasons and movie appearances. Okay. Next news story. All right, Chad, you sent me this one. Um, Ghostbusters 2020 has not been given an official title, but it is being released under a, right now, the, its working title, at least, at least what Dan Aykroyd has called it, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. But you sent me that picture of the high sea cans for, for the three new, for, for three, for Ecto Core, the original Ecto Core, uh, Berry Boo or something like that, and I don't know, Ectoplasmum something. There, there, there's three different flavors that are now going to be coming out. That it's are ghost- Gooberry and Big Apple and Big Apple. There you go. So, so three, three flavors from High C coming out that are that are. And the can design is phenomenal. Yeah. It's, well, it's I mean, so- first off, the the the, the design for for Ecto Cooler has not changed much. You know, right. it's still Slimer on the front, big tongue, Slimer. Green. It's the same shot as Slimer in every single uh, flavor, just different kind of color schemes. And you know what? You know what that means, Jay? When Ghostbusters 2020 comes out. We're going to have to do some special cocktails Look, using okay. these, using these, all three yes. of these as our mixers for those cocktails. Now we long time ago had we had a fan who a made fan us one. that actually made a cocktail using um, high C ecto cooler, using yeah. high C ecto cooler, yeah, when like they the re- old school kind, yeah, and he named it Total Protonic Reversal. So yeah, we'll put that up on the socials for everyone yeah. to check out. Uh, it was it was it was nice. He was he was a great fan, dude. Big he, time, great he, fan. Like we really. We, cool guy we did ghostbusters him and his wife his wife was great too. we did ghostbusters trivia live at, at, at a at broken goblet brewery and uh i i had my questions were probably impossibly hard for most people even ardent fans of it but that dude knew every single one of my 10 questions like he literally <laughs> he was re- legit he literally refused to keep like raising his hand at one point because he's like i, I don't want to win it all and i was like anyone else got the answer no one else raised their hand and i was like putting it over to you there guy and he knew it he knew it <laughs> I, I loved him for it uh but uh, you you sent me the pictures of that high c and in the bottom left corner of the promotional pictures for high c it says ghostbusters afterlife right underneath of it so it seems to be that that's the title they're going with for all of these yeah so if that's already making it on the promotional material my guess is afterlife will be the 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 confirmed working t- uh, the the confirmed release title for this movie, and love that it's just only in theaters July tenth, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. I given this, the fact that you have to specify only in theaters anymore nowadays. I know. It's funny. Well, I mean, the streaming is what the it streaming is. has gotten pretty big. So I know. next news story. All right, Jay, Zazzy Beats of Deadpool two and Joker fame now ha- is starting to campaign. For roles in the MCU, Jay, she wants to put her name in the hat to play Storm, the X-Men sometimes leader with mutagenic weather powers. Uh, she wants to throw her name in a hat. And I like that casting. I, if, if, I think Disney should pick up on that. Because, yeah. A, she's... She's she's a hot name right now. She's had some hit movies. She's been in she's been in some things that have garnered her a lot of a lot of positive attention. And 
on top of that, she's not so famous that you got to pay her 100% ridiculous amount of money to do it. So I like that. And I don't casting. think she ever will be. Like, I think she's going, I, I don't think she's ever going to be like um, a massive, massive crazy star, but she's going to always be extremely diverse and also versatile and very beloved. So I think she's one of those great actresses that's going to kind of flow under the radar and just kill it, you know, whatever she does. So I'm excited for her future. Next news story. All right, Jay. Todd Phillips' Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix, is now the most profitable comic book film of all time. $957 million worldwide with a $62.5 million budget. We don't know what's reported in that, whether whether marketing is included in that. Uh, so it, it will earn 15.3 times its budget back I wonder if there was a way to gamble on movies. I'm sure there might be. Where like you can predict how well a movie's going to do in a box office right. or like like a soccer almost. Like yeah, I could have easily predicted this. Jay- not not a billion dollars per se, but I knew it was going to be um like a 4 or 500 million dollar worldwide. Yeah. It's gross. Uh, it, I didn't it, expect a billion. It's not a billion. But yet. I thought it's not a but billion. But even four yet. or five hundred million dollars would have been insanely yeah. successful for them. Absolutely. It's a small budget. Absolutely. Um indie darling almost. That just that just shows you what positive buzz can get you. Right. Um i I think the first week people who went out and, and people saw love it, the character. Right? I, I, I think the first week people who went out and saw it were, were all people that, that the marketing grabbed. Everything else was word of mouth. But it, but again, it was a zeitgeist thing. It yeah. was something that everybody had to see. A lot of people did not like this movie. Still, it's true. I know that for a fact. I, I many different kind of people did not like this movie. We However, even enjoyed it on different levels. I think, like I, I, I think you were a little bit hotter on it than I was coming out. Even though our scores were were pretty similar, right. um, my my return viewings on this are going to be nil, more than likely. I, I saw it twice, and like I said, I'm I'm good on it for a good year. I think just just for shits and grins, Jay. What was the most profitable comic book movie before the Joker? dethroned it Ooh, nice little trivia question there i would say spider-man one it was not that actually had a very huge budget you got to think something with a small budget so i was thinking it was the first one that performed hugely i'll just put you out of your misery my friend it was jim carrey in the mask it made 351 million dollars gross and had a 23 million dollar budget now Joker has surpassed it. So, wow. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. So that's going to do it for our news this week. Me and you got a very special top five that we're going to be doing. It's been a little while since we've done top five, so we got we to gotta shake the rust off. Can't wait. Because uh, with The Mandalorian coming out, there's a lot of people, detractors of the new, Star Wars, uh, the new Star Wars films that have been coming out since Force Awakens, who, who, who think that Star Wars is on a deep decline. There's a lot of people saying that The Mandalorian has come and it has it's it's writing the franchise and it's ushering the franchise into a new era where it, it should exist. It's more Star Wars should be like this. Some people yeah. are saying it's saving the franchise. There's other people who went and saw Terminator Dark Fate. That's what they hoped for that too. That it was gonna save the franchise. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, me and you are gonna be counting down our top five franchise saving movies this will be fun let's do it 
episode of Super Movie Brothers is brought to you by our good friends over at Blowfish. Blowfish, it's the only FDA-approved hangover cure. Two tablets that you're going to drop into 8 to 12 ounces of water. You're going to drink it down, and your hangover's going to start feeling better immediately. Currently, I'm drinking Trogues Brewing Company's Blizzard of Hops straight out of Lancaster, PA. And, uh, Jay, I didn't just buy a small pack of this. I bought a 12-pack of it. And in two days, I drank the entire thing. You better believe after I had a party game night where we were playing what do you meme cards against humanity mm. <laughs> that i was gonna get absolutely toasted and i was gonna have to reach for the blowfish come sunday morning understandable it's the only hangover cure that the super movie brothers endorse we do so head over to fourhangovers.com, use the promo code smbfish and you'll get 15 percent off of your order that that's any order so you can buy the small pack and get a small discount, or you can buy the big pack and get a massive discount. So just remember our promo code SMBFISH and use it at checkout. To our top five. Me and Jay are going to run through our top five favorite. We always have to stress that these are our favorite films, not always the best ones, but these are our top five favorite franchise saving movies. Mm -hmm. So, Jay, we're going to kick it off over to you there, buddy. What is your number five franchise saver? Rise of the Planet of the Apes. 2011's, directed by Rupert Wyatt. Take your stinking bar off me, you damn 38! No! Now, this was hard for me because I had a number six that was very close okay. to, to, to be number five, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in honorable mentions, but ultimately, I put it on there because it has solidified a phenomenal... See, trilogy after the fact, its I'll, own trilogy from rebounding from Burton's uh, stupid movie with, with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and, and, and then a long, long time ago, the original. Franchise killer, you know, if right. we did a top five franchise killers. Yeah. <laughs> so this came back because, first of all, we had the technology, right? We started to have the technology that was able to humanize um, the apes a little bit more, God. even so. And Caesar just did a great job. Obviously, Andy Circus really was a huge can, part of that. Can we say instead of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, like saving the Planet of the Apes <laughs> franchise, can we just say Andy Circus saved the Planet of the Apes franchise? I, I think because. Because I fair thing to say. I like Rupert Wyatt's movie. Uh, this film is on my list, so uh, we'll talk about it briefly when we get to it. it. But uh, I, I think I think the performance from Andy Serkis is what really sold people on it. The believability of of Caesar is is what sold oh, people yeah. on it. Because I I don't think James Franco is is that great in this film or Frida Pinto, right? But John <laughs> Lithgow is great in this movie. So, um, but it definitely intrigued us enough that we it, wanted to see a sequel. It and then, was good enough to get us right. um ready for another and then movie. rupert wyatt walks away and and who comes up to grab the reins <laughs> i mean oh boy yeah i know I, matt, it was the greatest move of all time matt reeves taking over and it, I, I i think it escalated it took the it, it took these movies from from really good movies about apes and moved it into cinema sure <laughs> you no, know no, what I, I mean? I, honestly and and i'm there's a couple of movies on my list that's like that so Technically, maybe even the second movie 
uh, might be better than the, the the one I'm gonna be mentioning in my top five. Even still, even still, this one, the first movie, whatever movie I'm mentioning, it does save the right. franchise in quotes. Right. If Rise it of the rebounds Planet- it into the zeitgeist, or it's just good enough where people are enjoying it and want more. Right. If Rise of the Planet of the Apes didn't come out the gate, didn't make money, wasn't wasn't well received, sure. we never would have gotten Dawn for the Planet of the Apes or War for the Planet of the Apes, which both of them I love, but I still think. The second one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That's that's the one. I think you're right. That's the one. All right, Jay, my number five. It's Fast Five. <laughs> All right, listen up. The men we're after are professional runners. They like speed and guaranteed to go down the hardest possible way. So make sure you've got your thunderwear on. We find them. We take them as a team and we bring them back. And above all else, we don't ever, ever let them get in the cars. So, uh, not, I mean, this started the trend of get the rock to save your franchise. Hey, we want to reboot Jumanji. Who are we going to get? We're going to get the rock. You know, (laughs) we, there's, it's, you just bring the rock in to save your franchise. But honestly, like fast and furious back in 2001, when that film came out, it was a fucking hit. There was no doubt that they were going to be following that up with a sequel and they did. And the sequel was garbage uh too fast too furious it just lacks so much of what the original one had you know i I think i think it lacks a lot of character i think it lacks a lot uh it lacks a lot in story and it lacks a lot in its world building and they continued on that trend of schlock with with tokyo drift now tokyo drift is one of those movies that's so schlocky that i love it like it it just it just full steers into its cheese and and makes you love it by how bad it is and but then they do fast and furious which is the the fourth one, the follow up to uh, which brings Paul Walker back in and him and Dom team up again. And I felt that movie lacked heart and it lacked it lacked a, a compelling story. First and foremost, it just seemed like a reason to get those two back together. And then when they come out with Fast Five J, uh, you know, directed by James Wan, and I think it just hit on all the right notes. It took it in a direction that the series hadn't been before. It turns it into a heist film. It's very it's very Ocean's Eleven in that way. But it keeps its action sensibilities, and it takes it. It takes this franchise to a level that literally spits in the face of Sir Isaac Newton, where it's just like physics mean nothing. There is a scene in this movie where Dom and Brian are riding on the back of a vehicle that crashes off of a bridge, doing like eighty miles an hour, and their solution to survive before it hits the water is to jump out of the car, let the car hit, and then they'll land in the water and be just fine. Mm. You know why that doesn't work? Mm. Because you don't slow your descent. You, they're still moving at 80 miles an hour. That's just the way physics works. So God, I love them. They're dead, but it doesn't matter because the films just thumb their nose at physics and and make you go with it and just make you enjoy the ride that you're taking no pun intended jay what is your number four number four is batman begins he's here who the batman batman begins so christopher nolan saved us it's not who i am but what i do that defines me <laughs> there you go. Third time's a charm. Oh man, yeah. So our boy Christian Bale coming out playing the Dark Knight, Bruce Wayne. Fine, solid, right? You know, it was a great character study, almost in, in a lot of ways. Introspective. He went on this journey. He's trying to find himself. Blah blah blah, and. Ultimately, it was a nice scaled down version of Batman and Bruce Wayne because before this, it was nothing but cheese and camp. And we had that throughout the 90s. And Christopher Nolan brings back a lot of uh, grounded sense of 
nobility and family and respect, but also revenge and also uh, just, you know, a lot of PTSD, I guess you can say. He's working this shit through. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let you keep going. Ken Watanabe was fantastic in this movie. For and the 30 also seconds he was in Liam it, yeah. Neeson and Kitty Holmes. Look, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm just not. I'd rather have seen her than Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm not a Haiti of Katie. I'm not a Haiti. I'm not a Haiti of Katie. You know, she's she's she was fine. All right, I'm I'm gonna stay quiet. Yeah. No, uh, we're gonna talk about this later. I sound yeah. like, but um, <laughs> you know, this one is definitely a resurgence. Obviously, the Dark Knight is the best one. Yeah. I Personally, I think in this in the in the uh, the franchise, the three, the the trilogy. You think for the Nolan? You think Batman Begins is the best one? No, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Fair. Uh, Batman Obviously. Begins is number two. That's not that, that, that's not even an argument, Jay. I, I think like you know that's that's not even an opinion. But why it's lower on my list is mostly because of the quality of the movie. I don't think it's that great overall. I think a lot of the action, a lot of the fight sequences were very underwhelming. Mm. So for me, and um, now you're getting a frown. Just well, move, just move on. And that's it. That's all. I my say number about four. It. We already talked about it's Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Please come home. If you come home, I'll protect you. Caesar is home. I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, I like the whole idea of the pandemic instead of like the apes just rising. And it, it, it seems it seems a little disingenuous that a bunch of monkeys in the zoo uh, or, or and lab test and, and lab test apes are going to break out and take over the world. So they they added this pandemic thing at the end. I think that that adding that hook at the end uh, for this pandemic almost like it basically begged for a sequel it begged to 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 continue the franchise and luckily the dollars were there to do it other than that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna extrapolate on it too much jay you're number three mission impossible three and you're gonna tell us everything every buyer you've worked with every organization what the hell is your name names contacts inventory lists you have a my wife girlfriend it's up to you how this goes because you know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to find her. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. Yeah. Yes. So this one rebounded from the exceptional cheese of two. Still my favorite Mission Impossible. John Woo? To this day. The second one? No. Oh, the third one. Third oh, okay, great. Still yeah, my yeah. favorite one. No, this one. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's so best. grounded. He's, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman villain. killed it. And this was exactly the same time that he was getting all the awards right. for Capote. Like we talked about last week, Rose the Hat being, you know, uh, Ferguson right. being the villain in that movie uh, elevated it. And it's the same way that that this could have been a very serviceable spy film, spy film with anyone else playing 100%. that villain role. Exactly. But because Philip Seymour Hoffman was there, it raised it. Up. It just goes to show how important or how great a good, well casted villain is for a movie. And this one did it. Yeah. And also... Javier you know, Bardem, Skyfall. I mean... Right, sure. And then also, you know, bringing in Michelle Moynihan was a great decision on their part. And yeah. having J.J. Abrams bring out a lot more of a grounded sensibility with that storyline um, is very, very emotional and all the action to be a little bit more um, realistically tangible in a lot of ways. So... It was really, really cool, and and opening the movie with you know Tom Cruise putting on a you know acting showcase for emotional purposes, obviously, you know something really cool to see, and it was it was it was it, it was a breath of fresh air in this uh, franchise, and I still love it 
to this day. My number three. I'm not sure if if people are going to go with me on this one, to be honest with you. But we had a bunch of stinkers in the franchise leading up leading up to this. Uh, you know, there was Spider Man three. Then the Amazing Spider Man was 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 pretty good. It was okay. We all we all kind of liked it. We you know we applauded for it. We 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 patted them on their backs. And then S- Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man two hits, and we lauded this franchise to no end. Yeah. But then Spider Man Homecoming came out. What was that? Uh, nothing. Nothing. You're the Spider Man from YouTube. I'm not. I'm not. You were on the ceiling. No, I wasn't. Ned, what are you doing in my room? You may let me in. You said we're going to finish a Death Star. You can't just bust into my room. <laughs> it's 100% the reason that we're still talking about Spider-Man movies today. Do I think Sony ever would have let it die? No, but they would have they, they would have gone in a completely different direction, and I think their wheels were spinning, and what we got after The Amazing Spider-Man 2 may not have been as good with what they were doing with that whole Sinister Six franchise and stuff like that. It just it smacked of desperation, and we, we saw a little glimpse of that returning when we found out that the MCU and and the Sony partnership was over during that during that like two to three week period we're all like oh man this is not not good and I think it still would have been pretty okay but Spider-Man Homecoming 100% brought Spider-Man back all because of Tom Holland right right? it brought it it brought it back to to Peter in high school which is proper proper youth high school which is where which is where we identify with Peter Parker most growing up even though we're in our 30s I identify with teenage Peter Parker a whole lot more than I identify with an adult version of Peter Parker, right? Because in my mind, he's young, he, you know, he's good looking, he's smart, he's got everything, he's got he's got MJ. When he's an adult, I'm just like, man, this dude's moping about nothing because he ain't got fucking real problems. He's got Tony yeah. Stark who can just like throw dollar dollar bills at whatever problem he's got. I know, right? <laughs> he's got superpowers Fuck. to boot. I don't I don't buy that adult Peter Parker has these problems. But when I when I see a kid struggling and it's such an allegory for for puberty and stuff like mm-hmm. that and and the fact that anybody can be under that mask. Like we all felt like Spider-Man at some point. That's what Homecoming captured for us. Yes. And and it gave it back to us and it it really made it a new friend. Franchise that and I personally enjoyed Michael Keaton as the villain. Oh, absolutely! Not everybody did, but I. Did. Oh, I loved him as the villain. Okay, good. I thought I thought yeah, it was perfect. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. I I I just enjoy him as, as an actor. So um, I just I just like seeing. Him. I like his presence. I, I I like the way he delivers lines. I just like. I know. I like his voice. There's just things about him that I like, <laughs> especially especially in Beetlejuice. It's a cinematic gem. <laughs> All right, Jay. What is your number two? Creed. Daddy, get up! Come on, baby. <laughs> Creed just got up like a man possessed. He was down but not out. Portland thinks he's celebrating a knockout. He did it! But the referee is dusting Creed's gloves. Not Creed 2. <laughs> right. But it's my second movie. Creed. So Creed, this one came out in 2015 and it was written and directed by Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler really brought something um, 100% new to the franchise while keeping it in the world of the franchise by having Sylvester Stallone still play Rocky Balboa, but not 
be essentially the main fighter or he's the main the right. uh, protagonist not throughout this movie. Right, not, not the guy. He's, he's the he's the mentor. He's the supporting guy. He's going. He, he's an old guy, right? He's he's getting through some shit. He's trying to work things out, uh, get his shit together with his restaurant. Blah blah blah. He doesn't really want to help and train. Same Adonis. Same story, right? Pra- pra- Structure wise, pra- pra- sure. Practically the same story. Yeah. Different character, different motivations, different problems for him. You know, yeah. and, and it, like I, I think without Michael B. Jordan's performance being as good as it was, without that character of Adonis Creed being as good as he was, the film would have fallen apart, and it just would have been another Rocky oh, yeah. sequel that floundered. Um, but you know, having him elevated, and of course, Absolutely. Stallone coming to perform, you know, again. Um, and a dramatic take. And, yeah. you know, he was obviously nominated with an Oscar for this role. But and, I'm going to disagree with you. Um, Tessa Thompson coming into this movie. I love her. She was great. I'm going to disagree with you because I don't think this saved the franchise. Oh, I think it did. I think it started a new franchise. But I think did, they, it, that's, that's, that's why it's my number two because it did both. It ended. It did both, David. It, did, it didn't end uh, the, the Rocky franchise because the Rocky franchise ended with Rocky Balboa. But he's still in this movie. It doesn't matter. Yeah. To me, it's a different franchise. See, I feel like it's a great it's two a spin- for one. It's a I think spin-off. it's a two for one. It's a spinoff. You know, it's like it's like there was all in the family, and then there was the Jeffersons. This is the Jeffersons, Jay. It's a spinoff. <laughs> yeah, but not everybody was crazy about Rocky Balboa. This one is huge. We'll just, this one is completely. We'll, just, we'll just wait and see who was crazy about Rocky Balboa, <laughs> sir. My number two, Jay. <laughs> it's Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> For me, as a comic book fan, uh, uh, watching Batman Begins, I didn't even know what to fucking expect. We talked about it on uh, top five films that were never made. Yeah, uh, you know uh, it, where there were so many different script treatments to this it was going to be a prequel to like 89 batman at one point it was going to be a sequel to batman and robin it it went through so many iterations before it landed on christopher nolan's lap and what christopher nolan did so well for for me going into this as a comic book fan he cherry picked things from the franchise of batman things from the comic books that he liked and he created a story around it. So watching it, you know, I'm picking up, I'm picking up Head of the Demon with with the whole Rachel Ghoul stuff, right? I'm also picking up Batman Year One. I'm also picking up elements of the Long Halloween, which he dives deeper into when we get into when we get into the Dark Knight. Yeah. So he's taking things from the world that I loved and putting it together and presenting it in this cohesive way. And he's also presenting me with a Batman that I can that I, that I can believe. He's the closest thing to Batman from the comic books uh, other than the 60s Batman actually the 60s Batman was very close to what the comic books were at that mm-hmm. time but other than that it's the closest thing to to Batman that's ever been portrayed on film prior to that and and he did a had he had a great scene with playing Bruce right. Wayne uh, a few times you know the exactly. party the dinner he, he gets all silly falls in the fountain and he comes out I'll always looking say like a playboy he was a better Bruce Wayne than he was a Batman like I loved his Bruce Wayne uh, his Batman was was good I hated the voice you know but i'm one of those people that's like he kept it consistent throughout the entire franchise so it's like okay i'm cool i'm cool with it yeah if it, it that's your turn that's 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 yeah. what you're gonna do with the character i guess it, it. it was a decision between him and nolan right but i, I understand the choice that they made but cinematically 
uh, it didn't nail it 100% for me. Right. But Just like Bane didn't work for me because of the voice. I, I see. I love. I, I, I love. And a lot voice. of people loved it, and but some people didn't. I didn't like it. What a lovely, lovely voice. <laughs> The fire rises. Uh, I walked out of Batman Begins. Like I, I think I, it was 2005, so it was a freshman in college. And I remember I saw it with my friend Kenny, and we didn't talk the entire time. And he's just like, "So what do you think?" And I like we immediately started picking up on all the comic book references that were thrown into it, and we were both just just as as geeks as nerds, just fucking giddy to have gotten it and to be like, "No, that that's that's it. That's like we didn't think it could get better than that." And then when the sequel comes out, of course it did get better. But you know, for us, it, it just it just raised the franchise up, and we were ready to eat up anything Batman that was going to be coming out in, in in media at that point. All right, Jay, uh, we're two number ones here, so let's let's run through some honorable mentions, sir. Well, like I said before, um, it was a tough cut, but number six for me. First honorable mention, Spider-Man Homecoming. We already talked about it a little bit. Certainly adored the movie, and it was one of those things where, yes, he's been in the movies uh, quite often, and you know they're trying to resurge uh, Tom Holland to come back again as Spider-Man, and I'm sure that will happen because he's so fantastic, but... He 100% will because he's under contract to do another another Yeah, but they still need to work the details out between Sony and Marvel. No, he's it's it's the done deal. That's ink's dry. He was already signed on for another movie with oh, Sony. I just didn't know there was a movie Regardless. coming out or not. Yeah, no. Okay, he, I haven't heard anything. No, he, okay. And and they and they recently just re-signed the director as well. So okay. so it's 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 all already a go. Great. So I'm excited for that. Um, mostly because I put Rise of the Planet of the Apes ahead of that because they had a fantastic trilogy and they did save. They had an arc. They completed um, it and it was done. a fantastic arc and it was time relevant. Also, Man of Steel. Man of Steel is a movie that needs more credit than it's, it. It's also deserves. on my honorable mentions list because yeah. um, the movie we got previous to this was Superman Returns, yes. which was I remember coming out of Superman Returns and having people tell me I was crazy for disliking that movie. And years later, it was one of those things where like, uh, uh, oh no, it, that is a terrible movie, and people agree with me now. Uh, but coming out of the theater the night of, people loved Superman Returns, uh, mainly because of the Donner references in it. But Man of Steel, it literally had a mountain of kryptonite to lift off of its shoulders. Sure. <laughs> like, well, but it had a great story, and it, it had a really great Russell Crowe playing his father and, and having a lot of stuff on Krypton. But what it, um, what it had was a... And a great Henry Cavill. It had a Superman for all seasons. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it, it had it had a Superman that, that you could you could buy. You could believe it. He had emotions, right? You could he, relate to him more. He, wa- he wasn't this polished... He killed! He wasn't Spoiler this... Spoiler alert! I mean, not even that. But, I mean, he, was, he wasn't this polished gem that, like, was, was so Boy Scout like he was in the Donner films, right? right. Like, right. there was some depth to him. They gave him, they gave him emotion. They gave him rain. They which had, you need to do in this They gave him age. conflict, for Christ's sakes, which right. is something that you struggle to do with Superman because he's so powerful. How do you continually give him conflict? So yeah, it was the best way to go about it. It, it, it was. Um, and, you know, you it, know cinematography-wise, I thought it was fantastic as well. I just thought the, the last flight sequence went on for way too long. It, it definitely did. And, and it was a little bit gratuitous with its destruction porn. But. Yes. And that was my biggest gripe with that movie. Yep. All right, Jay, any other novel mentions? That you one got? last one, X-Men First Class. I still really enjoyed this movie. This was directed by Matthew Vaughn. And just seeing a lot of the young and old characters and actors and actresses um, be all in screen 
ensemble cast. I had so much fun with this movie. Um, it flew by really quick, even though it's not perfect at times. It's not. One thing's it for sure. It's still fun to watch. One thing's for sure. While I, I wasn't crazy about the Kevin Bacon villain, I really did enjoy both James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender in yes, their roles. I think hundred percent. I think you never would have you you never would have gotten sequels yeah. after that if if they if they weren't as good as they were. I think they lifted this film to an elevation that was far more than it deserved because its script was pretty much shit. Yeah, this solidified that January Jones would never be casted ever again. Yeah, <laughs> in any movie other than Man Man. Exactly. So, <laughs> all right, Jay. My honorable mentions: Man of Steel, which you mentioned, uh, Casino Royale, which I'm gonna not say much more about. Uh, Star Trek, the 2009 remake with J.J. Abrams. Worthy. I, I was not a... I'm not a big Strekkie, though. That's, I, that's, that's the thing. Why. I'm not a Star Trek fan. I've never seen The Next Generation. I've tried to watch it. It's just not something that's for me. I'm still trying to watch it because I know I have a lot of friends who enjoy it. Tell me I got to do it. Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Someday I, I will get down to watching those. Someday. I don't know when. Maybe Desert Island type <laughs> you know, watching material with so many episodes. Uh, so I was never a huge Trek fan, but this made me a Trek fan, right? Like it made me want to dive a little bit into the lore. Not it made not, it cool, right? Right. It did. And and I enjoyed it because it presented it in a way that a monosyllabic, you know, knuckle dragging moron like myself can can understand, right? Because Star Trek's such deep sci-fi. This was just like, no, this is dumb fucking action with a few elements of deep sci-fi. And it's yeah. like, I'm down with that. Yeah. I yeah. can get that. And then you throw in it's sexy more mainstream. Then you throw in sexy girls and sexy Chris Pine. Down. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I am down. Final Jay, uh, Mayan is Rocky Balboa because I'm not sure if Creed would exist without Rocky Balboa, sir. Uh, There's an argument to that. Yeah. Uh, Rocky 6, Rocky Balboa. Rocky 5 plus Rocky 2 equals Rocky 7, Adrian's Revenge! Look, I liked it. I did. I And, there, and we talked about this before. It's a special a place great in my heart. father-son monologue scene that killed you and I. That's. I mean, that's that's what saves it, it, it for me. It's it slays us. It was. But um, it was Stallone. Not not just it was it was him uh, acting his best in the role. I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it holds a special place in my heart because it's one of the last movies that I've seen with my dad. My dad's still alive, guys. I'm the, but my, it's one of the last movies that I saw with my dad in the theaters. I haven't been to the theaters with my dad much, you know. But I've never been to a theater with my dad. But <laughs> when this imagine. movie came out, I remember like looking at my dad, and we went yeah. on Christmas Day. We watched this movie, you know, and that's uh, great. Uh, so. It holds this place in my heart, but I'm I'm pretty sure that if this was a bomb, I'm not sure if anyone would want to even look at Creed. Um, but maybe Creed was far enough removed that That's it would have gotten a made. Fair anyway, choice, but. Dave. All right, uh, Jay, you're number one. I know I probably spoiled it with my honorable mentions, but go. Casino Royale. You know, I never understood all these elaborate tortures. It's the simplest thing to cause more pain than a man can possibly enjoy. And of course, it's not only the immediate agony, but the knowledge that if you do not yield soon enough, there will be little left to identify you as a man. The only question remains, will you yield in time? No! 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 To the right! To the right! To the right! You are a funny man, Mr. Bond. Now the whole world's gonna know that you don't scratch your fucking balls. <laughs> so, revitalizing this James Bond franchise, Daniel Craig came back and really brought back a lot of, um, <clears throat> a lot more just 
action, masculinity, just um, unpredictability, suave, charm, and something right. something that we haven't seen a little in bit so less long. of terrible CGI tidal waves, a little bit more right. of of rock in hard camera, a little bit more action, of rock hard abs, really well executed by Martin packs. Campbell. Martin Campbell is one of the weirdest directors out there. He can actually make a great great movie, and he can actually make a horrible piece of shit movie. I don't understand him hey, at all. He films. He's awesome, one of those kind of guys. He films an awesome parkour sequence. <laughs> he really did. He really did. That was phenomenal. Uh, for for me with Casino Royale and, and Ava Green, I love Ava oh, Green. Oh yeah, but what, she what, was great. What really comes down to me with uh, with with Casino Royale, as as much as I loved Daniel Craig, Mads Mikkelsen. It's Mads Mikkelsen, dude. I fucking that made his career. This that, this movie made his career. That scene with Bond tied to a chair with the wicker with the mm-hmm. wicker seat taken out of it, yep. and him yep. swinging that knotted rope, and James Bond laughing at him and says, "I can't wait to tell everyone how you tickled my bowls." <laughs> And he chuckles because he thinks it's funny. Because right, like, it's I, funny. I gave, you, I gave you a lot of props. For and that. it's like yeah. I could see, like uh, you know, I, I could them see, being friends. I could, I could <laughs> In see alternate no, universe. I right? could see Connery saying that. Right, right, right. I could see Connery saying that, and it's like, so I think that that's what saved to me. You know, no more, no more CGI title waves. Because it's like, it's it's like MGM was they 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 had Roger Moore and they went, oh, this got silly. Then they brought in Timothy Dalton and it got even sillier. And then they're like, oh, let's let's ground it more and let's and and let's get it. Into- had the perfect marriage of right. fun, watchability, yeah. action, but also just like. Took its time, right? It had a big, long car tournament sequence but going I, on. But I felt like Pierce Brosnan's, you know, Goldeneye started out the same way this franchise did, where it's like a little bit more grounded, a little bit grittier, a mm-hmm. little bit more, a little bit more intrigue, which bit was more fantastic, spun. right? And then they immediately went like they happened. just shit the fucking bed on that. I think he got too old and he couldn't do anything else. I don't know. I I'm, they I, had to do like stunt double CGI I don't think, shit. After I don't that. think it was that. I I I, I, I think it was I, just that era. It was that era. It was that, rare. It was that late '90s cheese era. That yeah. whatever. The Batman and let's, Robin era. Let's not talk about the yeah, Tomorrow exactly. Never Dies era. <laughs> they just didn't know what to do with big franchises anymore. They exactly. just threw a bunch of cash to these uh, young CGI kids, and they tried to do their best <laughs> and failed. That's their generation, the young CGI kids. Yeah. Hey, what's that Roland Emmerich kid doing? Oh, he just did a movie about aliens attacking Earth with a bunch of CGI. Cool. We're gonna do that, but with James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Lies, sir. Lies. All right, uh, Jake. My number one. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! It's Mad Max Fury Road. Come on. I don't even know how this doesn't even make your honorable mentions list. Uh, I a dormant. I'm fran- not a huge fan of the franchise. A dormant that's why. franchise for like close to 20 years. Uh, and I get it. It comes back with. One of the, well, a movie that when I watch it now, I go, this might be a cinematic masterpiece. Like, Fury Road might be a movie people reference and talk about for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Like, I, when Possibly. I, when I watch this movie, it is so pitch perfect in its visuals. Um, it's, its tone is just so right all throughout. I, I don't think, you, you know, it, George Miller is still the director, but they've changed everything else about it. And Hollywood had changed so much the way films were made had changed so much about it and you think of this like this dude who's in his late 70s early 80s going out there directing this movie and he was able to change with the times and and do this movie it's absolutely amazing female cast 
Um, Mad Max kind of be spun on his head a little bit. You yeah. know, he's not really the protagonist so much. So many, so many sequences that get action just so perfectly right and even and musically and just right. everything mostly practical even its use of the the time that they use cgi with the storm it still looks it still looks good like it still looks good there's there's a few there's a few cgi breaking sure, moments sure uh the but one it's that, fun the one that sticks out to my head the worst cgi moment in the film is when the uh the steering, flying stuff the flying yeah, steering yeah, wheel yeah. and stuff coming to the screen it's almost like the, the it's almost like the studio tried to push them towards 3d and they balked on it um but i I absolutely love this movie. It's a movie that, like, when I say, like, oh, there's some movies I go back to maybe once or twice a year and stuff. This movie, anytime it's on, anytime I see it streaming somewhere, even though I own it, anytime I, I, I'm flicking through and it's like, oh, they're streaming that. It's one of those movies for you. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it right now. Why? Because it's That's always a good time. That's probably what watch I should have put on last night. Instead of Gangster Squad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's always a good time to watch yeah. Fury Road. I just needed a background movie on, and I just wanted to throw it on because it was the, one of the first things I saw, and it reaffirmed how shitty it really was and disappointing. Someday we should do we should do like our top ten Desert Island movies. Like like just it'll be its own episode. Oh. Like ten movies that you and I could have on a desert island. There, it's, that it's, would take some time. It's not because they're the best movies. It's because right. they're the most rewatchable ones. Like we can watch them right. All day, right. day in, day out, right, right. But you know, that would take some time for me. But yeah. this Fury Road, Desert Island movie, for it's me, a great one. It's a good one. So it's a good that's, choice. That's why it's my number one. I, 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 I don't know whether it saved a franchise though, because there's tons of buzz about the franchise going on after this, and not much has come of it since then. So I might be wrong in saying that it saved the franchise, but it definitely raised it to new heights and brought more viewers back to the old. Films. Now, do you want to save all the Twitter comments and stuff like that right now and confront the issue that there was no Star Wars movies on our list? You know, I will put up a question. I will put up a question of the week to have people let us know what their, you know, favorite film okay. that saved the franchise was. But here's the reason why I don't put Star Wars: The Force Awakens on on the list, and I'll just I'll just say it now. It's because it didn't save a franchise. That franchise was very much alive. It was always going to get sequels. But the reason it's not on there is because like a lot of these franchises that we're talking about were dead in the water. They were right. no longer viable properties. Star Wars has always been a viable property. Even, exactly. even when the prequels weren't out, there were still TV shows that were going on. There were still there was still uh comic books that were being produced. There was novels that were being pumped out. Toys were being shoved down my fucking throat as sure. a kid growing up. Um and it's not just because there was a bad movie beforehand. Right. And and Despite the fact of how people felt about the prequels at the time, which there's more people defending the prequels now than ever, but despite the fact of how people felt about the prequels at the time, they were still making bank on those movies. Those movies were still making a ton of money because it's just something that has buried itself deep inside of our of our movie going experience that it, it, it it's almost transcended movies in a way where seeing the new Star Wars film in the theater is it's almost like a a sea turtle being brought back to the beach where it was born to lay its eggs. Mm. You know, we all have to do it at some point. We all have to be the salmon swimming up swimming upstream because start a new Star Wars movie is out. Let's all migrate to the theater. Even even if we're not even if we're not sold on it, we're still gonna go. And that's why Disney paid so much money to buy it off of Lucasfilm because there's so many people who will just stick with it forever. So I never think that it's that true. franchise was in trouble. That's why it's not on the list. And also, if I'm 
I'm going to point to, you know, best films in a franchise. Force Awakens, isn't it? Mm. It's The Last Jedi. Send me your hate. That's going to do it. <laughs> That's going to do it for Super Movie Press tonight. Oh, man. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us on Twitter, uh, you can reach me at Super Movie Pod. That's where I'll post our question for next week where you guys can answer and uh, we'll read it on the show Let you and let us know what your favorite film that saved a franchise was. Reach me on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast, and Instagram, Super Movie Bros. You can also check me out on Instagram. I am at SMB Dave on there. It's my personal account, uh, but sometimes I post stuff for the show. I also post pictures of my daughter, my dogs, my life. I, I'm not a huge Instagram poster, so don't expect like my stories and stuff coming out from me. And then also, if you are enjoying the content that you're listening to, head over to patreon.com slash podcast and you can get all of our additional content. I think that's where me and Jay are going to release our top 10 Desert Island movies, Jay. Mm. Uh, our most rewatchable movies. Top 10 Desert Island movies. Okay. Only on Patreon. So if you would like to check out all the additional Patreon content that we have, it's $1 a month. We'll get you all the extra episodes. If you want to pledge a little bit more, you'll get all the additional episodes and you'll get to pick some items from our loot chest and just as more incentive, if you pledge even more than $5, you will be able to directly control the show. Me and Jay just assigned each other movie homeworks. Yep. You can assign us movie homeworks if you go over to Patreon and choose the right tier. Do it. And don't forget, if you're checking this episode out and you haven't already listened to our reviews for Parasite and the Mandalorian series premiere, head over to our other episode, which was posted earlier on this week, and check that out. So I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.